Hello, my friends, and welcome to the last day of the week, to the last day of the month, to another Cup of Joe podcast that is so late in getting up to you. It is in the afternoon. It's almost 3 o'clock here, Central Standard Time in New Holstein, Wisconsin, wherever you are. uh, I hope you... Just feel the presence of God in your life, in your goodness, in how you were created, and that remember you were chosen, right? You are not here by accident. So, my friends, let's continue through the Gospel of John. We were in the 13th chapter yesterday. Well, we're going to jump ahead to the 14th chapter today. John 14, uh, verses 1 to 6. Boy, one of my favorite passages to use for funerals, but I will talk about that after we're done reading. So John 14, 1 to 6, let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My friends, the gospel, the good news of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? At the end there, I mean, again, this whole reading is so good. But Jesus says, I am the way. Brothers and sisters, if anybody comes up to you and says, oh, the way is this, you got to do A, B, C, and D, or no, the way is over here, and you got to live in this way, or you got to read this book, or you got to act in this manner, oh, don't buy a thing they say. The way is Jesus Christ. The way is a person, and he will invite us how to act. He will invite us how to speak. He will invite us how to, to be and, 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 and what directions to choose. And Now, we have to be smart. It's not like Jesus is going to come down to earth and he's just going to talk to us here and say, you know, Fred, do this. So we have to be discerning women and men, you know, and Jesus speak to us and speaks to us in many ways through the church, through our loved ones, through scripture, through our prayer, through, through all kinds of manner of being. And we have to discern how God is speaking to us. But brothers and sisters, the way is a person. The way is a person, and that is Jesus Christ. You know, I mentioned this was one of my favorite uh, readings we do for funerals. I am willing to bet. Now, I've been here at at Peter and Paul and Holy Rosary and St. Anne for this is finishing up my 13th year. And uh, for all the funerals we do, I'll bet this is the, the most chosen gospel by families because it is so hopeful. It is so good. Now, I did tell you, I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth last week, right? You heard me say the same thing with John 6, 37 to 40. That is another one of my favorite passages that we read at funerals because that's the one where the will of God is life. 
you know, that uh, I will not uh, reject anyone who comes to me. But this is the will of my Father that I should raise them on the last day. Oh, it's so good. The will of God is life. It is not death. But this one is good for different reasons. This one reminds us uh, of, a, of a number of things. Oh, my gosh, I've been talking so long again. My computer just shut down. Um, before I go into the many reasons I love this gospel and what it speaks to me, did you, did you hear? And again, I think this is why we're, we're jumping around in John now, but that same thread has been going through every gospel this week. Did you hear it? Wasn't as obvious today. So two, three days ago, when Jesus said directly to him, hey, I and the Father are one. You know, yesterday was a little more, um, you know, uh, cloaked, as I, as I use that phrase, if I can, uh, where he says, listen, uh, if, if they accept you, they accept the one who sent you. You know, and if they accept me, they accept the one who sent me, which is, of course, God, and equating themselves to one another. Where Jesus says, listen, I and the Father are one. If you have heard me, you have heard the Father. Well, he says it kind of here as well. You have faith in God, second line. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. Where in a sense, he just kind of equates, hey, God is worth having faith in. God is the one on whom we can stand, the one rock. Uh, We live in a changing world, brothers and sisters. You don't need me to tell you that. But the one thing we can stand upon, the one thing we know is the goodness of God, the presence of God, the faithfulness of God. Well, he says, have faith also in me, meaning he's equating himself with that. And, And brothers and sisters, you and I know he absolutely has every right to say that, not only because we know the end of the story, but because who he has been in our life, right? Jesus Christ is the faithful one. He has been faithful to us and is indeed present, not only in the Holy Spirit within us, which he is, but present in the midst of everything. And he gives us the pattern, and that's what I want to talk about today. So, okay, three things. Where do I start? Let's start with this. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I do, I will come back and take you to myself. All right, let's start with the beginning part. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. Have I mentioned this to you before? Oh, maybe a hundred times? Because it's so true. We just see the patterns coming back. Brothers and sisters, my friends, our God is a God of abundance. We don't have to be miserly with God. And if we are indeed miserly, you know what? Don't don't blame God for that. If that is something we carry with us, that doesn't come from our God. That comes from other places, and I'll let you explore that on your own. But our God is a God of abundance. Okay, why does he, one, he just says it there. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. He's not just saying, hey, get there quick. There's lots of room right now, but you know, a year or two down the line or by next Tuesday or something, it might fill up. Get your reservations in now. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying our God is expansive and, and there is room for all of us. God is a God of abundance, and and there is not going to be a no vacancy sign put on that hotel anytime soon. 
now, lest you think this is a one-time affair, a one-off, and 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 I'm I'm putting more on that than is um, than the reading really invites forth. Let's go back to John chapter two, right? I mentioned it yesterday, the wedding feast of Cana, the book of signs, right? Um, where it points to who God is. Who is God? He's God of abundance. Why? Because there were six stone jars at the, at the wedding feast, and they ran out of, of wine, which of course isn't just they ran out of wine. It means they have no joy. Wine is a symbol of, of God's presence, of joy. And so they're saying, and, and, and Mary, of course, is the one that recognizes it and says, son, they're out of, they, they don't have your presence here. They're out of joy. There's something wrong here. Because any marriage, which of course is the marriage of us to God, which is really what it's symbolizing, but in any marriage in our life, if we don't have God as present, we're missing the joy down deep there too. But anyway, that's a tangent. There are six stone jars there, right? Each holding 20 to 30 gallons of water. That's pretty darn specific. So let's say they each hold, uh, you know, 25-ish gallons. That's 150 gallons. He fills them to the brim, right? Don't believe me. Go back to John chapter 2. Fills them to the brim. And then just simply says, bring it to the head waiter. Go, go, go have him give it a try. And he's like, whoa, this is the best vintage. They didn't just have a big party. He wasn't just trying to be sympathetic to these two people so they're not, you know, ashamed uh, and shamed by the rest of the, of the community. He's saying our God is a God of abundance. Can you imagine a wedding party? I don't care how many guests you have that have 150 gallons of wine. That's not what his point is. His point is, is our God is a God of abundance. Our God is not going to run out of this anytime soon. Our God is joy. Our God is presence. And where God is, there is joy. There is wine. Okay, example one. All right, Zank, you're standing on two legs, but any stool needs three. Let's give you one more. I'm sure I can give you five more. But, uh, my gosh, what is the one uh, miracle that happens in every gospel, right? Feeding of the 5,000. Did he just have enough to squeak by? What did he use? He used five loaves and two fish, right? And, and did he just barely make it? And oh, praise God, there weren't 5,001 people there because we just would have ran out. It would have been too darn close. No. He went and he invited the disciples to collect the extras, right? And they had, depending on which gospel you read, seven baskets left over or 12 baskets left over, both of them symbolic, seven complete there is absolutely enough to complete whatever task we have left over. Twelve, the twelve apostles, the twelve disciples, the twelve tribes of Israel. Enough to feed the whole land. Our God is a God of abundance. No matter what he can use, the smallest thing of what we have, and he can make it abundant. Brothers and sisters, let that seep into your soul. Our God is not going to run out of grace for you and I anytime soon. He's not going to run out of forgiveness anytime soon. He's not going to run out of new opportunity for you and I anytime soon. He's not going to run out of relationship or patience with us anytime soon. Our God is a God of abundance. In our Father's house, there's many, many dwelling places. All right, so let's go on to point number two. Point number one and three, I think, are the big shooters. Let's just go to point number two, which is this. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there were not what I have told you, that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I do, I will come back and take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. That's the whole point. So if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back. Why? 
to take you to myself so that we may always be together. Brothers and sisters, we are made for a relationship. That's what this is saying. But don't just buy it here, right? Go back to Genesis. Uh, let's go to chapter 2, you know, where, where Adam is made out of the dust of the earth. And, uh, and, and God brings, and this is, so this is the second creation story. So then God creates the animals and brings them to him looking for a suitable partner, but none proved to be the suitable partner. So he puts him back to sleep, takes his bone out of his rib out and creates Eve. And then, you know, brings him back and brings Eve before him and his jaw drops and he says, this one at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is the one for whom I'll leave mother and father. This is the one I want to have a relationship with, right? And they were in the garden, right? Before they sinned and they were in relationship with God. But as soon as sin enters the, the picture, they hide, they hide from God. Brothers and sisters, our God is a God of abundance so he's not going to run out of grace and mercy and forgiveness. Thank God. And because of that, he desires relationship with us today, today. You know, this is a Father Richard Rohrism, but I love it I, because I think it's so true. The mystical, uh, the, the, the universe, he says, the universe is not a moral one. It is a mystical one. The universe is not a moral one. It is a mystical one. What on earth does that mean? That's just church gibberish. Here's what it means. It means, brothers and sisters, Make sure we get the horse in front of the cart. So many of us put the cart first, and we want to do the right actions. That's a, that'd be a moral universe. And listen, there's nothing wrong with right actions. I'm not saying throw those out. But we try to get to relationship through correct actions. And so we, we try to you know, do the, the correct things over here or over there or today or, or yesterday or tomorrow or whatever. And we try to treat people well, which of course we should. We're called. Those are our commandments. But no, none of that brings us to relationship. Instead, what he's saying is, let's make sure that which is the cart, which are the moral actions, follows the horse, which is our relational. That's the mystical Make sure you have the right relationship in place. Who is that with? With our God. Secondly, with ourself, that we know who we are in Christ because we only know who we are in Christ. And thirdly, with one another. Because if I know who I am in Christ, if I remember whose I am, if I have that relationship right, what am I going to be? Who am I going to be? I'm going to be somebody who treats other people with that same love and grace. I'm, my correct actions will flow from that relationship. But don't try to put the actions before the relationship. The relationship comes first. And that's what God is saying. He's saying, I desire relationship with you and I. Not just when we're good. He desires it right now, today, where we are. To remind us how we love him. And in reminding us that love, that forgiveness, that mercy we feel, that grace. It calls forth love from us. First and foremost to God in gratitude and then bringing that to other people. Make sure we have that relationship right. That's the only, the only one, because that'll flow into every other one. Last thing I want to say. Gosh, I've been going so long in these. I apologize, but it's just too good. The first line of the gospel, here's what it is, my favorite line of all of them, and it's not just where it says Jesus said to his disciples. That's an easy one. It's the one after. Do not let your hearts be troubled. 
my favorite line, and, and those of you who have heard me uh, give reflections at funerals know I'm going to come to that one because it's, it's the key to me. Brothers and sisters, everything is about grace. Everything is about resurrection. There's a reason we hear this in the Easter season because resurrection is the pattern. Resurrection is the end. I, I'm, not, I'm, not just, I'm not just making it up. I'm not just Pollyanna when I say that the will of God is life. The will of God is life because Easter shows us that. Easter shows us that death and darkness do not have the last say. Listen, make no bones about it. I don't want to be Pollyanna here either. I never thought I'd use Pollyanna twice and now three times in a, in a podcast. But Good Friday is part of our life. Don't expect lives free from pain and grief. And, and, and what he's not, he's not saying here, do not let your hearts be troubled. Pretend that you're not grieving when you are grieving or pretend you're not hurting when you are hurting. No, 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 that's not what he's saying at all. Good Friday is a part of our life. Death and pain and hurt and, and, and emptiness and darkness where we feel overwhelmed, where we feel we cannot take another step. Goodness sakes, that's Jesus in, in, under the cross, under the weight of the cross and on the cross saying, Father, you know, um, um, <laughs> why have you forsaken me? It was, I was going to say into your hands, I commend my spirit. I'm like, no, that's not the line I want. <laughs> you know, have you forsaken me as well? When we, when we doubt all those things, they, they're there, brothers and sisters, but, but. We know Good Friday isn't the end of the, isn't the end of the road. Easter Sunday is. It always is. That's the pattern. Life wins out. Now, yeah, a lot of our life is lived in Holy Saturday. It's lived after the pain, before we feel fully the resurrection, that new life that, that comes. But brothers and sisters, I am telling you the truth, and I know it's true. I know it's true. Believe me, even if you can't feel it right now, resurrection is the end goal for all of us. What happened to Jesus 2,000 years ago wasn't just about him. It's about you and I. It's about all of us. Resurrection is the end point. And I don't just mean when we go to heaven. I don't just mean at the end of our life. I mean whatever trouble you are experiencing today, you're not at the end. I've used this word before, Julian of Norwich, which I love. Um, in, in, her, uh, in her writings, all will be well, all will be well, and every manner of being will be well. And if it's not well, it just means we're not at the end yet. That's all. Whatever you're going through, that's why I come back to this line. Do not let your heart be troubled. He's not saying don't let it be filled with grief or hurt or pain. That's part of life. But he's saying don't let it be troubled because you're not going to end here in this spot. Resurrection is the end point. I've said this at numerous funerals because I believe it to be true. And, and it took me years to come to this understanding. I used to, for most of my life, truly, I, I used to think that the, the uh, stone rolled away from the grave so Jesus could come out. So he could come out of the grave and, and rise. And I do not believe that to be true anymore at all. I believe the stone rolled away, not so Jesus could get out. Goodness sakes, he's walking through walls in two shakes of a lamb's tail. He's, he's, he, earthly things aren't a problem for him. The stone rolled away from the grave so you could, I, and I could look in and see the emptiness of death. Death holds no power over us because resurrection is the last word. It is the most hopeful word. It, it, 
It's it's the end point. And we see it all around us when you see the pattern that 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 morning follows every night. And and spring follows every winter. And uh and um you know, uh, gosh, forgive the, the cliche, but the, the butterfly follows every cocoon and caterpillar. And, and, and um, you know, gosh, I mean, it's just in, in, in every facet of life. Resurrection. Resurrection is the final word, brothers and sisters. I've talked way too long. Just sit in those hopeful things today because this gospel is a gospel of hope. As we end our week, let's just lift all these things up in prayer, this hope, this goodness of today's gospel, or whatever pain we're carrying, and let's bring it to our Blessed Mother. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth sorrowful mystery, Jesus dies on the cross. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, be well. Have the best weekend. Enjoy this beautiful weather God's given us, and the fact that we are in spring, and spring follows winter. We are in the resurrection time of our seasons. God's blessings.